McKnight at the movies coming up in about 15. Jesse Rogers will join us an hour from now from spring training. The Boris Four still just, like, hanging out. Pitchers and catchers are reporting. And next week, spring training is, like, fully underway. Well, if you're holding out for a contract, uh, what better way? You sit and you wait and see if somebody blows an elbow. <laughs> somebody tears an ACL. Team's out there and gets desperate. Yeah. As long as they're working out and they're training, it doesn't make a difference for them, right? They're working out and training, I can are, promise are you Are the that. Cubs going to say we're no longer interested in Bellinger? I don't think they are well, going to say asking, that. I, are the Cubs going to say it? Will there be any other team that like says, hey, we just we don't want him no more because we think he's being stubborn? Mm, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to yeah. happen. I think you're right. Teams you're... need talent. Yes. And if these guys are talented players, they're going to need them. Now, they're taking a risk because they might be they might lose a player, possibly the individual teams. I, but, asked, I mean, if guys start getting banged up and guys start getting hurt, guess what? All of a sudden, there becomes a demand, especially if you're a team that believes that you're going to win. Mm-hmm. I had asked Jesse this earlier in the week when he joined us, like if he thinks Boris is kind of shocked that a 27, 28 year old free agent that's won a World Series, that's been a Rookie of the Year, that's been an MVP. I mean, he's accomplished a lot. You know, they he can't get him a two hundred million dollar contract, or that he's still out there. And Jesse said he thinks Boris probably is privately a little bit surprised. I heard Meller and Waddle and uh, Jesse talking about it a little yesterday. I mean, if you do some deep dive, like advanced stat cast stuff into the numbers, you know, maybe teams have a right to be a little bit concerned. Um, The barrel percentage last year for Cody Bellinger was actually a little bit lower than it was back in 2022. His hard to hit percentage was about seven percentage points lower. The BABIP. Which we love, right? You're going to, we love BABIP? Yep. Batting average, balls in play. The BABIP uh, a year ago was pretty high, and it was much greater than it was the year before, his last year in L.A. in 2022. His BABIP last year was 319, so that, that that's that's a little high, and it probably screams to some sort of regression. So maybe it's because... There weren't as many barrels. The average exit velo was down a touch. The hard hit percentage was down a little. The BABIP was up. That it's like, yeah, he had a really good year, but there's some there's some things we can extrapolate or we could pull from those numbers and some of the advanced stats and be like, we're not sure he's going to be exactly, we're not sure he's going to be able to exactly replicate that. I don't know, I'm a little bit surprised that a guy who's got the defensive versatility that he has, that plays two defensive positions, one, a premium defensive position, at a pretty damn high level, who's accomplished as much as Cody Bellinger has at his age, that he's still kind of out there looking for a team. But maybe this is just the new era. This is advanced analytics and everything like like that, Yurk. And teams are a little scared off of that two-year dip in production where it seemed like a shoulder injury was really bothering him. But I don't know if it'll be the Cubs. It seems like it'll be somebody else at that point. He's Boris has a couple of other free agents that are still out there. I was reading Paul Sullivan, and he was, you know, I I don't even think about these things. I don't think about these things because I know the way my team does business. You know, what did Jesse, I'm, I'm putting you in a trick spot here. No, so go ahead. I listen to what he says. You did? Yeah. What did you... <laughs> What did Jesse tell us when we were talking about the White Sox? Honestly, he's like, who, what kind of a starting rotation does this team have? 
Cecil be here to start the year, but at some point you think he's going to get dealt. Right. Outside of Cease and Kopech, what are we talking about? Clevenger's gone. Crochet, maybe. He's also been injury prone. Do they want him in the bullpen? Do they want him as a starter? Who knows? Like, what kind of pitching depth does this team have? And I don't even go here because I know it's so out of the realm of possibility, but Paul Sullivan was writing earlier in the week in the Tribune, like, why wouldn't you sign Blake Snell if you're the White Sox? Now, Blake Snell's not coming to Chicago. Right. But I did read it, and I go, yeah, why wouldn't they sign Blake Snell if you're the White Sox? They're like $120 million shy of the tax. Like, why wouldn't you sign Blake Snell? You're not going to sign Blake Snell um, because the Kansas City Royals are a losing franchise ever since they went to back-to-back World Series. And what was it, 14 and 15? 14 and 15. Yeah. 14 and 15, back to back to World Series, they're a losing yeah. organization. Lose you one, one, one. hired everybody from that losing yes, organization everybody's here. to now run your organization. So why would a losing organization want to get a good pitcher on their squad? They're all here, Yarko. Yeah. What if you could get Blake Snell for like a, I don't know, even if you signed him for one year and you sold some tickets, you might be able to sell some tickets with Blake Snell. The guy's got two Cy Young Awards. It might get your fan base a little excited, even if you signed him for a year. You know, like I, it's so far out of the realm for me because a the Sox don't do stuff like that. You know, they're not giving him a big contract. They don't like dealing with Boris. He probably looks at the White Sox like, "Are you kidding? Yeah, I, I wouldn't do that." But did you notice Chris Getz had said one thing he found this offseason when they were talking to agents about pitching? Pitchers were leer. I, I gotta say, I don't mind they're Chris Getz's of what I don't mind Chris Getz's honesty. They were leery of coming here because their defense is so bad. So has he gone about the business yes. of fixing the defense? Well, he's tried. I mean, they've, you know. The 38-year-old catcher's an upgrade? Actually, yeah, okay. believe it or not. Paul DeYoung's an upgrade. He can't hit his weight, but he's an upgrade. Nikki, you, Nikki you, Lopez, I don't want to say anything bad about a Naperville kid. Nikki Lopez is a Naperville kid. He's a pretty slick defensive player over at second base. He can't hit his weight either. Like, they don't have anybody that can Eloy, hit. Eloy can't hit. Eloy can hit, but Eloy just can't. Louis, Eloy can't stay in the lineup. Lewis Roberts, the only guy that can hit on your team. Right he's now. a legit star. He's right. their only legit star. He's the guy that can hit. He's the guy that can hit. Where's everybody else? Maybe Mankata hits this year. I don't know. Is he motivated hit finally? Miss. Hit or miss. He's hit or miss. Who knows? Is he motivated? Who knows? Uh, Andrew Vaughn can hit, but he's not hitting nearly at you know the the level that they thought they could. They Jake, drafted him to replace Jose Abreu. Jake I mean, Berger can hit. He's not here Jake anymore. Jake Berger ain't here anymore, kid. Good call. Jake Berger can hit a little bit, can he? So, yeah, I guess they went about the business of cleaning up that defense. They got nobody that can hit. But can you believe that? Like, Getz, I, I do appreciate the I wonder. Guys I, don't want to come here because we can't play defense behind them. I wonder if they can channel that uh, you know Major League Cleveland Indians thing. Huh. Where they're so bad and they're so pitiful and they look around and they're like the land of misfit toys. And somehow they put some energy together just to spite Jerry Reinsdorf and win some games. So, like, on opening day, Pedro Grafal goes in and he goes, it, what does he say? What's the line? It may not Lou surprise Brown. you, Lou Brown? but every paper in the country has picked us to finish dead last. <laughs> That's it. They use it as motivation, a little Lou Brown well, action. They did get the old catcher with the bad knees, though. They did get, they did get Jake yeah. Taylor. Yeah, got 100% the old, correct. From the Mexican League, yeah. you know? Let's call Jake. We got a, 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 do we have a veteran uh, snot running nose guy, too, that could pitch? You know? Do we have an Ed Harris? Yeah, do you have I an Ed Harris? I don't think they've Is got Is he going to be Harris. able to do that for you? I don't know. But it's funny. I'm reading it. And all of a sudden, I'm like, yeah, why don't the White Sox sign Blake Snell? I, we got plenty of guys with speed that can't hit a curveball.
Well, we got plenty of guys. We got plenty of those guys. They find, they find those guys all over the place. Would you be mad if the Cubs let Bellinger go somewhere else? I wouldn't be mad, but anybody that thinks this team's going to improve, yeah, without Bellinger, guy getting 97, 95, 97 runs, 95 RBIs. Uh, he was a big part of what you did last year. You had an 881 OPS last year, Yerk. What was his OPS plus? His OPS plus, I'm on Fangraph, so his RC plus, his weighted RC plus, which is going to be about the same, was 134. Okay. I will get you his OPS plus, though, in a that's, minute because you asked. That's that's something to replace out of center field, right? Yeah, and like we said, the defensive versatility as well. So would I be mad? No, I wouldn't be mad. I have zero his expectations. His OPS plus is 133. I have that... zero, zero expectations for the Chicago Cubs. Mm. What are my expectations for the that's Cubs? That's kind of sad coming off a year where they won what, what, 83 80, games? 83 games? Two games better than 500? Well, what am I, I mean, sad about? Don't you think they could... Are, don't they you expect playoff, them to at least like be they, in playoff contention? They were in playoff contention throughout the whole year, and they crapped the bed at the end of the year. I understand, but yeah. So what's to be excited about? What was the offseason? Should like? you not be a little excited that they could replicate that and win those extra four games, let's say, and be a, a I, be a playoff? How team? many games did they win the year before? Like my team has no chance of being a playoff team. I get it. So at least if I mean if I were in your shoes, well, maybe I, if they expanded the playoffs by two more teams in each division, the Cubs would be able to be a playoff team. <laughs> Smart ass. Maybe if they brought more teams in, then the, the no, Cubs could a be good, a playoff they, they team. They got a good number right now. What's their number right now? Six. I'm saying right. They do the six playoff teams in each. That's a good number. Oh, I, right? thought, I thought you were giving me their uh, Biff Pacoba. No, no, you already looked at it. You said you I said didn't you look at it. Oh, I thought you said you well, looked. I haven't looked at it. Well, I've been looking at Ken Palm. I'm looking at numbers that matter. College basketball. Well, I'll tell you, their Vegas total is. Oh, uh, I had another. What's my your notes. guy from uh, the Dominican Republic say? Eighty-four and a half. What's your guy from the Dominican Republic say? Dominican Republic. Yeah, your guy. You know, that's in the industry. He's not from the Dominican. Well, wherever. I'm giving him cover. Gambling's legalized. I got you, but I'm giving him cover. Uh, I have not. I have not talked to this person. For anybody that's wondering, I told the story on the air last year. That's what Yurko references sometimes. Yeah. That a uh, an acquaintance, who uh, your guy, he's an acquaintance. I mean, he has a he's a very successful guy. He was a hedge fund guy who left for the sports gambling. He's a gazillionaire. World. Yes, hedge funds were boring. You made too and, much money yes. too fast. Yes, it didn't excite him and anymore. He's part of a gambling. He had to get now. up into the fray. You <laughs> want to get in the you know? You want to get a little dirty? You know. Yes. So he's part of a gambling syndicate now. They make their money professional as professional gamblers. But, yeah, their bets are large. I mean, their NFL bets that they make during the year, especially their futures bets. You're talking six wager bets, uh, six-figure bets, excuse me. They're very large. He had mentioned to me about this time a year ago, just because he knows I'm a Sox fan, he said uh, our biggest – he said we were talking baseball, and he goes, you're not going to like it, but our biggest position is the White Sox under. He goes, I've never seen an easier bet in my yeah. life. And he goes, and I don't say stuff like and that. And they hit it by what, 17 games? <laughs> they hit it by, I mean, it was. They what? hit it by 17 yeah. games. Yeah, he goes, I mean, our largest bet is White come Sox Labor Day, under. Come Labor Day, they were doing back handsprings come down Labor the street. Day. Come, Yurko, come Cinco de Mayo. I get They it. were doing uh, backhand springs. But come Labor Day with 30 games left, that's when you could start putting a smile they, on they, your they, face. They, were, they knew they cashed that ticket at the 4th of July. Yeah. <laughs> and so Yurko keeps jokingly. I always joke that. about your guy. I have not talked to him. I mean, if he nailed that one down, I want to find yeah. something that can get nailed down, too. Yeah, he goes, uh, they're going to stink. And uh, he's like, it's, it's so easy. Take the under. Yeah, I, I, uh, what, what excitement do you have in the city for baseball? I mean, I can fake excitement. You want me to. 
But oh well, listen, I'm not, I, I'm not excited. Listen, the best thing about Wrigley is Wrigley. It's not the, the team that's on the field. The best thing about Wrigley is still the experience that you have at the park. It's got nothing to do with the baseball. It's just got everything to do with the park itself. Here's what I would tell you about how I'm going to handle the White Sox season, okay? You say, what's there a beat to be excited about? Uh, Are you going to do a lot of reading? I do do a lot of reading anyway. Are you anyway, going to listen to Tito Puente albums? No. I mean, what are you going to do? No. But yeah, I'm. You know, I now that football's over, I can. I do find myself. I I'll have more time to to read. I sure. in the fall, it's a lot harder. There's just there's a lot. We, it's just a lot. Last year's okay. So here's what I hope for your White Sox. Before you tell me what you want for your White Sox, here's what I hope for your White Sox. They don't kill the mood by April 30th by being such a miserable baseball um, team. Remember how they started last year? It was over. Okay, so that's May what I was going to tell you. It was over. It was. You're right. That's what I was going to tell you. Like, I'm not going to fret or worry about this season much. Last year sucked, and it was one of the hardest I can remember because I think there was still some reasonable expectation that maybe they could be a somewhat competitive team. But by May, you're not wrong. It was over. I won't have that. I don't. I don't have expectations. I'll watch them because I love them. Sadly, and I understand I'm a dying breed who loves baseball. I get that. So I get excited for the baseball season because I enjoy it. And But it'll be easier to watch the White Sox this year in a weird way, York, than it was last year, if that makes any sense. Why is that? Because there are no, I don't have any expectations. So it will be an easier watch. They really pissed me off last year. They've pissed me off the last couple of years. I don't think I'll be, like, what's going to piss me off this year? Do you want to know what their record was on April 29th last year? Oh, I, I, I'm i guessing they were already, if I had to guess. so what, 28 were, games. 28 so games. So 28 games. I'm going to guess they were, um, I'm going to guess they were, hold on, uh, 28. I'll say they were 15 and 13. No, that can't be right. Uh, I was going to say 13, but that can't be right. I'm going to say. Seven and twenty-one. Seven and twenty-one is exactly, is that exactly what they right. Were. Seven and twenty-one. April 29th, that? Your team was dead in the water. Dead in the water. Dead in the Listen, water. The first, the first night, they bunt. You're gonna come in guns a blazing. Uh, you're gonna come in hot, blazing. Their was high bunting? water mark last Trust, year was. You're gonna be maybe. Do you know what's funny? You say that, Adam. Like last yeah. night, their high water mark last year was one and zero. Oh. I know. It's the only time they were above they 500, Houston, right? Yep. <laughs> do you know what's funny? I don't know. The way you said we're gonna that. We're going to do it, Mom. Do you know what I found myself thinking last night, like just kind of based off that as I was watching the end of the Bulls game? Like we can all agree. Like, the, the Bulls haven't been all that glamorous or fun this year, right? But I don't know if you guys were watching at the end. Uh, Caruso had a uh, there was a terrible, a terrible foul called against him. That yeah. Terrible. And Chris, I was mad about it. And I think that is the fan in us, believe it or not. Like I'm like, that's a terrible call. And I, I the Bulls aren't going nowhere. They're going to be the ninth seed in the play. Big deal. I was livid. I'm like, what kind of a call is that? That was terrible. That's not a foul on Caruso. That was a terrible call. And so you might be right, Adam. I might come in the day after they sacrifice in the eighth inning and lose. I'd be like, what are they doing? And I'll rant and rave because we're sports fans. But last night... I'm all upset, and when I calm down, I'm like, why am I getting so aggravated about this? Like, so they're going to lose in Cleveland on February 14th. But it was a terrible call on Caruso. See, that's why. You're going to be pissed. Yes. You're going to come in. You're going to be angry at Pedro Grafal. 
for bunting. Son of a you're gonna bunting. Ask, you're gonna ask for post game sound. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, this guy's going to yeah. be making all types of demands. We need to highlight in the, uh, in the eighth inning when a, it shows the bunt. There's a sack bunt that took place that we need to rerun I, for people. I probably will tell the guys. <laughs> this. Guys, we need this. What so are that, they doing? Uh, you know, so. But I honestly, I, like, I've got no expectation. I'm not going to. If something good comes out of the year, like if, if Colson, I don't know if Colson Montgomery will be up or not this year. If he is and like he plays well, that'll be a fun thing to watch. Luis Robert being awesome, hopefully, is one thing that we have as Sox fans to look forward to. What kind of return do they get for Dylan Cease? Like those are the storylines. Can they give us two months? Last year they didn't even give us one. Last week, by the end of the first month, it was over. Last year it was was three weeks. Could they give us? Four weeks? I don't five know, weeks? Chris. Well, I don't how many know. weeks? They lost 10 in a row. Remember, they were 7 yeah. 11. They yeah, lost 10 in a row, and oh. that's just when it went. The, the, the sinking of the Bismarck. The mm-hmm. sinking of the Chicago White Sox last year was the 10 game losing streak. We, we barely, the season was barely getting warm. Can they get you, to Memorial Day? Temperatures were still in the 40s. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Eric. Oh, you're totally you're go right. To a game, you're freezing your balls off. <laughs> brutal. It's right? just brutal, you guys. Can we make it to where it's at least like 70 at night for uh, a night game? I don't know. I think they're going to be bad. But what happens first? 70 degrees for the for the game or double digit wins? No. So I was going to say seven wins or no. 70 degrees. What no, happens first? Yeah. Seven seven oh, wins or 70 I think degrees? That's great. I think that's something we should come up with. Come on. Are they going to be as bad something as we can chart every day? It'll keep us interested. We'll look at the weather. We'll look at the box score. We'll Carmen try and figure it the out. Well, you yeah, love you love weather. You love box you scores. Love mentioning the weather. You mentioned the weather more than Tracy does. I love yes, the weather. Yes, you do. What are we? What? <laughs> we, we can't get to. We can't get to seven. You can't do that. What's a real number? I mean, seven. seven, eight, seven, seven, seven that's a number. Seven's a real number. Last week. What will happen? How about Ozzy again? How about Ozzy's number thirteen? When do they get the 13? We'll do the date. And everybody gets a date. We'll have callers call in and we'll hand Boom. out. Like a, I kind of love the weather we'll thing. Out, like listen, th- th- a we'll hand out a box day. of penny pasta for a prize or something like that. Penny pasta. Adam, is it like just any 70 degree day or seven wins? Do you want like. Yeah. Is, do is they get you, the seven wins first or do we hit 70? Or do we hit 70 like yeah. as the high temperature, temperature for yeah, that? That's right. That's pretty good. I think because that's actually. When did they hit seven wins last year? Like you had the April, schedule up last April year. April 28th or something. Okay. No, it, uh, that was uh, they had ten games. They already had seven, so it would have been oh. April eighteenth. April eighteenth okay. is when April they hit seven. April nineteenth, something okay. like First that. First couple of weeks of April yeah. to right. get to the seventies. I love this. All right, let's do that. Let's we'll uh, we'll track that when the season starts. What happens first? Do the White Sox get to seven wins, or do we have a seventy degree day? My, you're home with the White Sox, ESPN one thousand. Well, that's I, what I think you got to do. I think I'm going to go the way, have fun I, with I, I think I'm going to go seventy degree day. <laughs> Is that crazy? Seventy degree day's got to be like minus one twenty, right? I seven think wins so. is probably the plus plus one thirty. I think so. We've had a really easy winter so far. Yeah, do you guys, do you guys agree? Is it, is it a got? seventy degree day? I I would ga- I would bet on the weather. All right, we're gonna I'll, let's keep track of this. We're betting the weather. <laughs> we're going with the weather, folks. Uh, we'll play McKnight at the movies coming up next. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. McKnight at the movies. Connor McKnight recreates classic cinema on Carmen and Yurko. Only on ESPN Chicago. McKnight at the movies brought to you by the great folks at the Village of Elmwood Park. 
Today's gift card, if you're the winner, is from Massa Cafe Italiano. Restaurant week starts tomorrow night. Tomorrow. Runs through the 25th. Uh, all throughout Elmwood Park, Restaurant Row, up and down North Avenue. Fantastic. Uh, I saw our guy Todd Stein on Good Day Chicago this morning. I saw that as well. He's cooking some sausage and peppers. Yes, he was. Yeah, absolutely. It looked delicious. Yeah. yeah. Looked tasty. Sausage and peppers, Yurko. You can't go wrong there. Uh, our friend Todd Stein from the Ballyhoo Entertainment Group, their culinary director. Mild or spicy Italian sausage I'm guy. a little bit more mild. It, yeah, I like... The spice gets to you? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I don't mind spice, but then I feel like it affects... My insides a yeah, little bit more than yeah. I, I care. Give me some agita. I like mild Italian sausage. Yeah, Beautiful. Man. Bari has a sweet Italian sausage that's really good, too. Um, they make it from a very specific, from the region that the family's from, Bari. Uh, and they do like a sweet Italian. That's really good. The sausage and peppers. Oof. Can't, Can't go, go wrong. Oh, huh? my God. Model. Huh? How do you like I'm to cook your peppers? Making my mouth water. Do you like to cook your peppers all the way down to where they're, like, you know, melting, you know, very caramelized? Or do you like them with still a little a smidge of a snap in it? I like them where they're cooked more down to being pretty soft. Yeah, for that's like where I like them, too. Sausage and peppers, that's yeah, how I like them. I like them that way, yeah. too. Yeah. Sometimes I might like them to have some bite and some crisp, but not snap. with a dish like sausage. Yeah, not no. with sausage. Mm-mm. Okay. All right, so we'll play along with you. We do not know the movies Connor selects. He said today's was really a good one. Winner's going to get that Masa Cafe gift right, card. Let's channel it. Let me channel it right now. I'm channeling it. When you think you just, know, just past uh, Valentine's Day, I don't know. It could be one of these love things, rom com. Trying to channel an, an energy right now. All right, go. All right, here we go. I'm when ready. you think you know, first correct caller wins three one two three three two three seven seven six. Here we go. Our scene opens in an office. Everyone in suits. They're talking business, but not the type with spreadsheets and TPS reports. We hear the sound of the city outside as these men work on a solution to an unenviable problem. We're with the antagonist of the movie, plus his crew. He might be the air quotes bad guy, but we come to understand him and love him in the sequels. We're seeing here he's not just a hulked out blockhead, but that he's a strategist, a promoter. He's in a room with his team who's supposed to solve this problem for him, but he's taking charge. He's angry. He's focused. He's committed. Mm, Sequels, Yurko. We come to love him in the sequels. Come to love him in the sequels. Mm. He's in in a room. He's He's got a problem. I like him in a sequel. But we come to love him. But we came to love him. All right. I don't know yet. Here we go. Part um, two. I don't think Twitch the... has it. I don't Twitch think does Twitch not have it. Yeah. No. Twitch does not have it. Something about the actors, maybe, Carl? All right. Let's find out about the actors. A bit on our actors. The protagonist, not in this scene, would become one of the most famous actors in the world for a spell. He wrote this movie for himself. The antagonist has a great reel himself. His calling card, at least for most of his career, with sheer size and strength, but you could later find him giving acting classes to failed therapists for just $1,100. Also in the movie, but not in the scene, Connie Corleone, Curly, and one of the great character actors of all time. This is his most notable role, but he also told McCarthy and his committee to shove it and was consistently foiled by Batman. Damn, man. I mean, we got to know this. Talia Shire's in it. Twitch has it. Uh, he would teach... This is going to be another one that's really going to bother Carmen. Yurko, you too, I, I'm guessing. Okay. To teach his acting, hulking. I, why don't I know it? Let's Mark hear. Ruffalo. Is Mark Ruffalo in this thing? I don't know. There's a sneaky great clue that 
Connor used in that last one that I think you missed, and you're going to really? say, oh, of course. Oh, my God. All right, here's part three. I'm going to try to get this. Here we go. Back to our scene. The big bad guy, this final boss, is hungry. He wants this fight, and he's livid that anyone who could step in it. is too chicken to do so. Finally, after a beat, this set of biceps with a smile has come up with an ingenious way out of the predicament. If he can't find a fight... He'll find a great story. Someone who just needs Wait their shot. Someone who's been grinding in anonymity their whole life and is ready for a big break. Fortunately, our main character more than fits the bill. This setup will make our title holder look magnanimous. It'll be the spectacle he needs. And as important as anything, it guarantees him a win. Or at least he thinks it will. Took uh, else, there's still it's plenty of meat on this bone yeah. of a franchise. Now, you take that home, throw it in a pot, add some broth and a potato. Baby, you got a stew going. Uh, I got I'm, it. I'm disgraced with myself. I am too. I'm a little disgraced. But we, hey, we got it before you the third clue it. ended. Yeah, but I, I'm That's disgraced. That's all that really matters. I'm a little oh. disgraced. The clue of he wrote it for himself. I thought yes. you would get Carn. I don't know why I didn't because in the minute oh. you, the minute I figured it out. And I'm like, oh, Chris is right. Like, why would I not? Yeah, it's probably the that. hardest scene from the movie to get from the movie. Probably. Like, he picked, like, the hardest scene for you to be like, oh, yeah, it's this movie. But it's when you're... Uh... Between the antagonist becoming lovable in the sequels and, like, writing it for himself, how I didn't get it on the second clue is beyond me. But at least we got it before time ran out. We know what it is. And we know why he did it because of the news of last week. Yeah. Let's say hi to Joe in Park Ridge. Uh, Joe, what's the movie? It is Rocky. It is. Nicely done. You're not too far from uh, Elmwood Park, so enjoy the gift card and enjoy Masa Cafe. We got it. Can we get the release this week? Yes, we can. The reveal. Yeah, the reveal this week as opposed to last week. And and rest in peace, Carl Weathers. I believe we can find a solution. Solution nothing. Now, you better find me another lane contender, and I mean in the flash, Jurgens. Don't play games with my client. Apollo's already done a million dollars worth of publicity, has made contractual obligations with 20 different organizations. He's not going to be embarrassed. I contacted Ernie Roman's manager. Ernie's fighting in France that same week. And get me Buddy Shaw. Hell, he's ranked fifth. Went to California and gained 50 pounds. I get hold of every worthwhile contender, and they all say the same thing. Five weeks just isn't enough time to get into shape. Oh, shape nothing, man. They're afraid. Hell, they know everybody in the world's going to see this fight, and none of them got a prayer whipping me. So they're making excuses so they don't have to be the chump to get whipped in front of the whole civilized world. All I can say is I'm a good promoter. I've promoted fights in every country in the world, and I've broken my ass over this. But I don't know what the hell else to do. I do. Without a ranked contender, what this fight is going to need is a novelty. This is the land of opportunity, right? So Apollo Creed on January 1st gives a local underdog fighter an opportunity. A snow white underdog, and I'm going to put his face on this poster with me. And I'll tell you why. Because I'm sentimental. And a lot of other people in this country are just as sentimental, and there's nothing they'd like better than to see Apollo Creed give a local Philadelphia boy a shot at the greatest title in the world on this country's biggest birthday. Now, that's the way I see it. And that's the way it's going to be. Apollo, I like it. It's very American. No, Jurgens. It's very smart. <laughs> yeah, well done. I like how Connor went. Uh, I like yeah. the direction Connor chose this week. I tried to, and then I forgot about death. Oh, man. 
good old Carl Weathers. I'm Apollo upset Creed. with myself. Oh, my God. Great movie. You were thinking too much about love. I was thinking too about, about love, love and not enough love. about death. Not enough about death. Yeah. And uh, that's why that I threw we myself. Look, we look back on it. The oh, my God was warranted. No. Yeah. Just saying. Oh, oh yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. The, oh, my God was definitely warranted. I'm with a dollar. I feel shame is what I feel. Shame. I don't feel good at all. Jesse uh, Rogers will join us with a spring training update as pitchers and catchers have reported to both camps. A little uh, less than a week away from full team reporting. We'll get the latest on both sides of town in about 30 with Jesse. We can get back into some Bears NFL conversation coming up next. Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. Carmen and Yurko are back. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Chris was asking me in the break if Rocky's in my top five. I said probably fringy top ten. Sports, sports movie? A, no, sports just movie. movie. All-time movie. It's just not, that, that list it would be so hard to make. Oh. I, I can tell you my top two without thinking about it, but after that, it's so hard. But I'll tell you my top two. And these aren't what I think are the best movies. These are my favorite. My Your personal favorite. Your top ten. Well, my top two would take no thought because I know them, and it probably will never change. Ben Hur has got to be one of them. Ben Hur is not one of them. Ben Hur is not one of them. I I thought it would be. Good guess. Good guess. Uh, Okay, I'm wrong. I'm going to let you go with your list. Pulp Fiction and Goodfellas are my two favorite movies of all time. Not what I think is the best, but my two favorite favorite. movies. Okay. Pulp Fiction and Goodfellas are my two favorite movies. I like that. That's, I mean... Those are yeah, my two favorites. You can't go wrong there. But And Rocky would be somewhere around my top ten. It would be. I Just making that list is so hard. I have to break it up into, like, you know, sports movies. I have to break it up into prison movies because there's been a lot of great prison movies. A lot of great prison you movies. You know. Escape from Alcatraz is incredible. It's a fantastic Shawshank. movie. Shawshank. Shawshank Redemption and Cool Hand Luke. Cool Hand Luke. Still call that a prison movie. I mean, they're on the chain gang. You know, they're getting things done that's out there. That's a prison movie. Oh, for absolutely, sure. that's a prison movie. Brew Baker. If you've never seen, never Brew seen Brew Baker, what a shame. Never you seen check that. Brew Baker. I've also never seen Papillon, which you tell me is a Papillon, shame. Papillon uh, with Steve McQueen. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, and Dustin Hoffman. And Hoffman. I know. Hoffman. Yeah. I need to see Papillon you, one day. It's gritty, dude. It is a gritty, gritty movie. Papillon. Butterfly carp. Yes, Papillon means butterfly. Butterfly in, in, in French. In French. Yes. I don't know if you knew that. I did know that. I but was I, once in, uh, where is that? Uh, Papillon, Nebraska. Is it Nebraska? Yeah, I don't Papillon, know. Papillon, Nebraska. Is that right? Oh, yeah. I was in Omaha. It's a butterfly in Traveled a little bit south, and I was in Papillon, Nebraska, believe it or not. But damn, yeah. that's a hard list to make, man. Yeah, prison There's, movies, sports movies are a separate genre. Had you guys uh, rack your brains trying to figure out? the list do you ever think to yourself what's the movie i've seen the most i have thought of it and it's like, probably one of those two that i mentioned it's and pro- does that factor into the thought process probably like the other ones that i've seen the most that aren't those two you're not going to like one of them guys but i've seen caddyshack a whole bunch in my life i've yeah. seen ferris bueller's day off a whole bunch in my life and those would be some of my favorite movies i've seen animal house a whole bunch in my life and i mean a whole bunch yeah you know, like I've seen those movies a lot. Believe it or not, a movie that I, when it's on, I'll watch and then I'll go hunt it down now with streaming is um, is the movie uh, with uh, Woodward and Bernstein. Oh, of, yeah. All the, all the, pres- all all the, the presidents, presidents, man. All the presidents, That's a man. great movie. It when is I, a great movie. When I see that, I stop. 
Yeah. Stop the presses and I can just watch it. Yeah. It's very good. For me, it was a, it was a nice, compelling little movie. It's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Westerns, too. I have a tendency to sit and stop and watch a Western. You like Westerns more than yeah. I do. Spaghetti Westerns, especially with Clint Eastwood. They're just so long. They're, and not that they're not great. Like, I, I do it. I do dig Good, Bad, and the Ugly, but it's yeah. arduous, man. It's, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the guy whose two favorite movies are Goodfellas and Pulp Fiction, you're worried about length? Yeah. Yeah, but the pace is different. You know, like, Goodfellas doesn't feel long. The Rob, I mean, Goodfellas no. has such an incredible... Same with Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, too, but Goodfellas, certainly. I mean, Goodfellas is... The pace of Goodfellas is incredible. The pace of Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, like, it's slow, man. I mean, it is... It's different. They they made movies different. It's like, wouldn't you agree, Eric? It's a very different, slow yeah. pace. And you know, another one of those characters that they keep redoing over and over, Robin Hood. Yeah. Robin Hood. But I like the Robin Hood, the new Robin Hood with uh, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe's Robin yeah, Hood. Russell Crowe's. That one I like the best. Really? Yeah. Where he comes back, Robert Loxley comes back in and he's a different guy. Uh, he pretends to be the son of the guy, so the wife... Made Marion would have the property still thereafter. Yeah. The king makes a deal. He goes back on his deal. It was a different version of Robin Hood. Yeah. But it was still Robin from the rich giving to the poor. I mean, the the, the basic concepts were there, mm-hmm. but told a different way. And I found that one to be most interesting, entertaining. Kevin Costner's one was okay. But you can't. The acting mm-hmm. in that yeah, was so pitiful is, that it yeah. didn't make a difference. The acting's real yeah. rough in yeah. that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, and I'm a fan of Costner. Yeah. Errol Flynn's was all right. Oh, you're back going way in the back. Day. The Errol Flynn. That's the old that's... school, old school. Uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights, the parody awesome. of Robin Hood. You know. Mel Brooks. Good stuff. Absolutely. Here, you yeah, never, you said you broke it down into different categories. What, yeah. What's at the top of your different categories? Yeah, like what's, what's your number top? one? What's the top? Yeah, because Carm gave at least two, two films. My favorite movie of all time, favorite movie, Hoosiers. So not just, are you serious? Hoosiers, not just for sports, me, but not like really? sports. Really, my favorite movie of all time is Hoosiers. Wow, no yeah. kidding. I don't. I would yeah. not have guessed that. I like the pacing of it too. That's another slow one. The but... pacing of it was remarkable for really? me. Yeah, Hoosiers, number one movie. I, I, I'm of all a little time. surprised. Would I'm any of us guess that? I wouldn't have guessed. Like Maybe you guys would have guessed mine. No, Let's face I would have like, said like. The Hunt for Red October. Love that movie, like, too. Yeah. You know, some old, Ramius, but like older war movie. Mm-hmm. Hoosiers came out in 86, I believe. Hoosiers. Hoosiers. I would 1986. I mean, at top of the sports category, I get it, but like all yeah. time? All wow, time movie that's... for me. You're talking about my favorite. I know. Yeah. I'm just You're surprised. not talking about the best. I know. Nope. Your favorite. favorite. Yeah. Your favorite. That's the question. What would be on top of your list? I still cry Black when I Abdallah. see Abdallah. Breaking so, away, I see that movie, too. It just, that's a, yeah. Especially yeah. if I factor in the amount of times I've seen it, Die Hard would be number one. Die Hard. Awesome. Um, I think Making a Late Push would be The Fugitive. Ooh. I every time that movie's on, I have to watch it, yeah. and each and every time, great. I'm not sick of any of it, I'm, and it's great. I'm, I'm still convinced it's the one arm guy, the one arm uh, guy. Uh, yes, I never mm-hmm. get sick of the fugitive. That is the. Uh, they don't make movies like that anymore. You want to know what like what makes a movie good? That we've seen it fifty times, and, and every time you're like, like, oh, yeah. I gotta, I, I love it. I, I gotta, gotta sit watch, down it. And watch it. You don't get sick of any of it. The fugitive's yeah. incredible. Pulp Fiction's in the combo. 30 um, years this year, boys. I would also put Cliffhanger in there, which Ooh, Cliffhanger, which is a personal favorite. I don't mind uh, Cliffhanger. I love uh, Lithgow is a bad guy, always good. Yeah. Like, Cliffhanger's Lithgow's good. A great yeah. bad guy. He is a great bad guy. Yeah. Like, they did a good job with that movie. They really did. 
A, a, a movie that I only saw once that I never have to see again, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. That's a great movie, though. It's a disturbing, man. <laughs> but it's a disturbing movie. Mine are stupid uh, no, because they're, they're movies that Can't I like to watch. Can't be dumber than mine. No, they are. Uh, I mean, my number one is Jurassic Park. That's not That's not be stupid. Yeah. Uh, I, the next I, I knew that. Face Off. Face Off. Um, Super Troopers. I love Super Travolta, Troopers. Travolta, Nicolas Cage. Oh, yeah. Who out acts who in that I love one? that movie. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Independence Day. Oh, that's a little surprising. Maybe. Uh, okay. Sports will probably go. I'll probably go Sandlot. I'm not a big. Sandlot's a good call. Like, uh, Major League's fine. Right. Is love searching for Bobby I Fisher. Love Durham, too. Is searching for Bobby Fisher a sports movie? Because it's about Jeff. Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. Searching oh. for Bobby Fisher. I guess. And for me. I wouldn't know if chess is a sport, but... Father-son, you know, the bond. Best sports movie is uh, Sudden Death. Sudden Death with... Uh, the Black Hawks and the Penguins. Yeah. yeah, Black Hawks and the Penguins. During the Cup Final. With Jean-Claude during the Cup Final. That's pretty good. That's a sports movie. Hey, if Die Hard's a Christmas movie, that's, that's a right. sports movie. 100% correct, though. Mike said Cicero on ESPN 1000. He wants to talk about the Bears in the first-round pick. What up, Mike? Mikey. Mike, talk to us. We hear you. Does Mike do this to us every day? No, I don't think so. No? Mike. It happens a lot. Yeah. This happened yesterday. We had all the sound of everything that was happening. I don't know if it was Mike, though. He put us on the No, right. It may not have been Mike. Yeah. He put us on the pain of mindless. Mike, How about who do we catch sleeping the one time? Paulie. Paulie, yeah. We had kept him on hold and Paulie called him. I know Paulie's picks are done since football's over. Did he pick the Super Bowl? He did. What, did he pick correctly? No, he took... Um, he took the 49ers? I think he laid the lumber, didn't he? Didn't he lay 49ers? I'm trying to remember now. I can't remember from last week. I thought he laid the lumber. <laughs> he usually does. Doesn't he? Maybe he did take the Chiefs. I don't even remember. I don't really we're rely on to you to back. keep track of that, yeah, Adam. We're going to have to go but back. He, but he had told us that this was the week he was meeting. Right, and he God said he'd call. Right. He was supposed he to hook up yet. with Mulata. So. Okay. I, I found the open from when he fell Hell asleep. yeah. We got to listen to this. We got to listen to this. Run this is this quick. is from uh, 2014, October of 14. We're in our Carmen and Yurko on ESPN Chicago. Paulie's asleep on the phone. He has a tendency to fall asleep at like when he comes out to a remote. Paulie, oh, he's is asleep too. Paulie, he, falls asleep. <laughs> he is some off. Paulie, yeah, he was, <laughs> he was out for 55 minutes. He's, he's been been listening to our show. We put him All to sleep. All right, put him back on hold. Paulie, are you messing with us? I don't think so. I think he's asleep. Paulie, Paulie, he's out like a light. Oh, Paulie, he fell asleep. Go back to him. Paulie, 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 Paulie. He literally has the phone to his ear and he's sleeping. Dude, the dude is sawing logs right now. Boy, he's snoring good. Somebody get down to the factory and wake Paulie up. Carmen and Yurko on ESPN. Make sure you never uh, get stuck in a hotel room with Paulie. I mean, that's if he shows like that on the phone. Can you imagine at night? I'm telling you. I can't believe that was 10 years ago. That's how great our show was 10 years ago. Put him right to sleep. We're putting people to sleep left and right. We put Mike to sleep earlier. Yeah. It's Carmen and Yurko. We'll be right back. Chicago's home for sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Carmen and Yurko are back. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. 
Zetterman sent us a story about pizza in the city, but it's like a part of a national thing that Yelp did. I will say Yelp's a pretty handy tool when you're out of town. I don't know what the hell we did before Yelp, like when we picked restaurants. I mean, you know, we tell the story stumbling into that great breakfast uh, little diner when we were in Canton a few years ago. Yeah. Like you, you do that all the time when you're out of town. Now, places in Kansas City, uh, Yelp is wonderful. Uh, I, honestly, like how, what did we do before? Just word of you mouth? Mean, ask the, yes, concierge. Ask, ask the somebody concierge? at the front desk. Hey, what do you guys know? It's rounded. It's closed. Uh, it's incredible. But this place wasn't close to where we were staying. So it was probably about a 10, 15 minute drive from where we were at. Easily. In a little town with a square. And I don't, Yurko, I don't even know the name of the town. Yeah. I don't either Outside anymore. of Canton, but it, it yeah. was not far. It was about 10 miles or so from the hotel. We stumbled into this breakfast place thanks to Yelp, and it was fantastic. But anyway, Yelp, uh, Zetterman sent us this list. The top 100 pizza spots according to Yelp elites. And so I'm, I'm assuming they just aggregated all this. This is uh, in the country. This is in America. Number one on the list. Pequod's Pizza made the number one spot on number the one. top 100. Number one spot. I do love Pequod's, man. I haven't been there in forever. In Lincoln Park. The original's up in uh, Morton Grove or Evanston, sure. one of the two. And I do love it. Uh, so a deep dish pizza makes the number one spot on the Yelp Pequod's the list. one that's got kind of the burnt cheese on the edges. On the edge, yep. Yeah. Uh, Bestia in L.A. was number two. It looks delicious. It's much more of a Nabili Don style, like wood-fired Nabili Don style, no, it looks like. Nabili Don. Lombardi's Pizza in New York. I've heard good things, never had it. Sure, Vince's Mama place. D's Italian Kitchen in uh, Newport Beach, Cali. Base Camp Pizza in Lake Tahoe is five. Secret Pizza in Vegas is six. Prince Street Pizza in New York, seven. They do like a Sicilian kind of thick crust style. Right, right. Oh. Uh, Olio e Pew in New York. That means oil and more, Yurko. I'll have you oil know, and in more. Italian. Beautiful. Yes. Looks nice. Looks fancy. Oily, uh, Sounds Olio so romantic. Pew you know, in New York is eight. Language. Monkey Pod Kitchen in Hawaii is nine. Mm-hmm. And then Cucina Urbana in San Diego, California is ten. A couple other Chicago pizzas. Uh, our guys over at Peace made the top 20. Peace Pizza made number 17 on the list. Okay. My favorite in New York, John's a bleaker made the top fifty. So did Spockanopoly, which is here in the city. I love sure. it. I think Abdallah's been there. Spockanopoly? Uh, Abdallah, have you been to Spockanopoly? I thought we've talked about it. No. I've been there. Chris, maybe yeah. it was Chris and I talked about yeah. it. Delicious. I went back in like uh, November. It's it was good. really good. Yeah. yeah. And Coal Fire is good right here on Grand. They made the top one hundred. Coal Fire's great. Coal, Coal Fire's awesome. Coal Fire uh, on Southport up by me. There's one there and then the original is on Grand, like Grand and Ogden. Coal Fire is terrific and they made the top one hundred as well. Coal Fire is really good. Very good. I've been to the two in New York, too, like you have. It's awesome. The two in New York are amazing. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, the John's a bleaker. is just incredible. Spockanopoly. Spockanopoly is delicious up in Ravenswood, yes. So it's an interesting list, and uh, I was surprised to see. I love Pequod's, but I was surprised to see a deep dish. Well, and we need a Pequod's here for lunch. I mean, I know what it looks like. I've never had it. I've it's never delicious. It. Maybe we should go there one day. Instead of Olive Garden, can we just go there, you guys? Are you Absolutely willing to not. trade anybody? Absolutely See how he's not. getting out of the Olive Garden? Are you sure? We'll, we'll, do, we'll bring peace, or we'll, we'll bring uh, Pequod's. The three of us will have it while you take a tour of Italy. You bastards. That would be like the ultimate kick in the balls. You, that would be the worst of the worst. I like all kinds of pizza, too. I like deep dish. I like Chicago tavern style. I like New York style. I like peace, which is New Haven style. I'm trying a new 
tavern place out by me tomorrow that I heard is good in downtown Westmont called Kim's Uncle Pizza. I heard it's good. That's an interesting name for a pizza place. Kim's Uncle Pizza. Oh, I've heard a lot about that because it's super thin crust. It looks awesome. Super tavern style, Chris. Yeah, I need to get there. A bunch of my neighbors kept telling me about it. I'm like, you know what? I'm trying it. We're doing pizza night tomorrow night. Kim's Uncle Pizza. I told the kids, I'm like, we're doing Kim's Uncle Pizza, guys. Thin tavern-style pizza. Beautiful. They like trying new pizzas, so we'll see what that's like. I'll report back. I like all kinds of pizza. Brandon is in Watsika. What's up, Brandon? Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, thanks for having me on. I've been listening to you guys for years, man. Uh, but I'm sorry to backtrack. When I called, you guys were still talking about your best sports movies. Go ahead. Your best yeah. movies. Yeah. I think one that doesn't is really underrated and in today's world would be a good one to kind of circle around to, but the program. Oh, the program. All right. I, you, you know, know Omar, Halle Berry. You know, I, I was never like, I, I, and I've seen the program, obviously, uh, one or two times in my life, but maybe I deserve, maybe I need to go back and give the program another watch, you know? like Just Give it one now. I'll, I'll give it yeah, another try, give it Brandon. A, give it a spin, Carl. Yeah. The you know, like two from the 90s that everybody really liked, the program and Any Given Sunday, I never was in love with either one of those. You know, I love Al Pacino, too, but I, for Any Given Sunday, but I was never in love with either one of those. Maybe I should go back and give him another view, though. Eric's in San Fran. What's up, Eric? Um, I just want to tell you where uh, Cliffhanger came from, and it goes back to the days when it was illegal to climb El Capitan, and all the climbers would have their radios on them, and a call came in about a, a plane that crashed somewhere up in the high mountains. And because these guys were fitter than the most of the park rangers, they got to that plane quicker and found out that it was full of weed, so, which they came. So they took it. And they sold it, made a bunch of money on oh, it. Oh, my goodness. And then later, one of the guys that was a climber there wrote a little screenplay called Cliffhanger. That's wild. I didn't know that, Eric, that that was somehow based on, like, a true event. Thanks for that. I did not realize that. You know, it's a great movie about, like, plane crash, guys stumble upon it in a deserted part of the country, and I think it, I think it takes place in Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken. Like winter in Minnesota, right? Plane crash, couple of brothers, Fargo, not Fargo, couple of brothers find it, mil, million dollars on there. They decide to keep it, but it's drug money. It was, it's called, um, it's with Billy Bob Thornton and Bill Paxton, uh, not Bill Paxton, um, yeah, Bill Paxton. It's called, um, shoot, I'm blanking on the name. I've done this twice. The Twitchers helped me before with Donnie Darko. What is the name of it? It's got uh, Bridget Fonda and. Uh, Paxton and Billy Bob. Yurko, it's so good. I'm going to find it. Oh, my God. What's it called? It's coming up. All it right. takes I place at the holidays. It. The brothers keep a simple plan. Simple a simple plan. plan. Dude. A simple plan. Speaking of movies they never make anymore. Switches again. That were awesome back in the 90s. Well, I th- Gary, I'm assuming Gary it was Cole. about the 90s. Gary Cole's, Gary in, Cole's in it. Yes. Uh, your guy from Hoosiers, the, the, the old uh, Grizzly coach, uh, uh, Ed Harris. Yeah. That character actor, he's in it. He plays the sheriff. Dude, watch a simple plan about uh, a plane crash with some drug money on it that a couple of guys keep. Craig's in Lansing. What's up, Craig? Hey, when you guys talk about the movies, I I immediately think you mentioned Rocky. I'm like, what about because that came out in 1976. Then about six, seven years later, you got they're trying to carry on the boxing theme. So you got duds like the champ and honey boy with Eric Estrada. Yeah. And um, but. Then you mentioned The Fugitive, and I've been using that reference for the last couple months. Anytime anybody brings up Aaron Rodgers, I'm like, man, he's 40 years old, and he looks older than that. He looks like Richard Kimball. They're like, who's that? I'm like, man, that's 
Harrison Ford, the fugitive. He, he looks like that dude. How could they not dude. know that? And they didn't know. So um, younger people. Uh, but anyways, here's, here's a relative uh, to your guys' market. Okay. Um, when people try to figure out, well, what, we got to choose A or B, Justin Fields or this draft pick. How about you bring them both in and you might still have value in Justin Fields, especially if somebody gets hurt. Because being a Niner fan, I know that you could end up having a Trey Lance on your hands or a Josh Rosen, Mark uh, Sanchez, Blaine Gabbert, Blake Bortles. I mean, the names go on and on. So until you find out, hey, man, this kid can play the way, um, by the way, Patrick Mahomes said, you know, for a year, I think it's smart to keep what you got because you have something that can keep you competitive in that division. And I don't think it's smart to let that guy walk until you know by getting a guy in camp, hey, you know what, we got something here. I don't even know if you'll be able to tell in camp, though. But, but, but Craig, they're just it seems unlikely. It almost seems unfair to Justin Fields. Like, I think it would cause that, – that's a weird situation to put those two young quarterbacks into, I think. I think you look at this quarterback market and they're going to be, there's going to be somebody out there that wants Fields – and if you decide to move on, you'll capitalize by adding some draft capital. Yeah. You keep saying Ed Harris, the actor that played the coach in Hoosiers. Not Ed Harris. And also, it's Chelsea Ross. Yeah, no, I said Harris okay. from Major League. I got you. All yeah. right. I got you. Chelsea Ross is Chelsea the Chelsea Ross is yeah. his name. Yeah, well, I kept thinking Ed Harris. No, no, like, no, 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 no. Well, Ed Harris is a great actor, but great I don't actor. know if that's no, him. No, no, yeah. no. His right. name was Harris My mistake then. I misunderstood that. And I apologize to you for trying to correct you. You're all good, buddy. I feel terrible now. Coming up next, watch A Simple Plan. You'll like that movie. How Simple Plan. Coming up next, Jesse Rogers checks in live from the desert. And Emily Kaplan is reporting now that... Uh, Bedard will return to the ice tonight as the Hawks host Pittsburgh. That was reported earlier in the day like it might happen um, by Elliot Friedman up at uh, Sportsnet in Canada. And Emily Kaplan says Bedard does make his return tonight. We're back in two minutes.